Welcome to the Painted Target Podcast. Episode 25. So I got a message the other day, DM, and the guy asked me, I guess he had something going on from his past, and he had a list that he laid out of the things that he was going to do in order to... I guess the word would be fix, but really the word would be just handle it. Because the issue is when you're sitting down as a person and you say that you have a problem or you say that you have an issue, you just feel it, you know it, it's from your past, whatever it is. And then you say, well, what I'm going to do is I'm going to do all these things. I'm going to breathe. I'm going to meditate. I'm going to mindset, frame, all these little things, these little concepts. When you do that, it's like saying that my leg is bleeding, but on Monday, I'm going to put the tourniquet on. It doesn't make any sense. People have to start somewhere. I get it. But if you're sending a message and you're saying... You know, and I get many, this isn't just a hit on him, but if you're sitting in one spot saying, I have this, and then I'm going to use the tools to fix it, to get somewhere else, it's not going to happen. Because it's that's not how things work. When you really want to fix things, when you really want to transcend them, which means nothing more than putting them in a position where they don't matter. If you really want to, I don't like to use the word remove, but look at it like that. You can't sit here and write out a plan of the things that you're going to do at some point. To wake up and say, I have an issue <clears throat> and... whatever it is I mean we all have our problems from the past and then you say well I'm going to do x y and z so you have the issue I'm going to do x y and z let me meditate let me breathe when you do that you're keeping the problem alive and that's the issue in other words you're saying I have a problem and it's sitting here right now But I'm going to do this and I'm going to do that and eventually and you're expecting it to go away. The only way a problem goes away is if you stare at it. That's it. You have to sit with it. So you wake up and something happens. It's a ping from your past. Something that you've been battling with for 100 years, whatever it is. And then you say, well, tomorrow I'm going to start meditating or I'm going to go take a pill or I'm going to go drink or do this or do that. You're keeping the problem alive. You're keeping the problem real because you're not actually fixing it in the sense of transcending or removing it because it's still sitting there. It would be like saying, well, there's a wall in front of me. I need to get through it. 
So I'm just going to punch it until it goes down and I hope someday it will. When in reality, you could just jump over it and stand on top of it and look down on it and think, man, this is a joke because I could have went over it the whole time. So you have to watch your words and kind of realize what you're saying. And I see it all the time online where we live in a society now where it's about using things in order to feel better. It's not about fixing it's not about removing it's not about taking the foundation and reworking it it's about i'm just going to align with this concept and in the midst of that i hope it gets better and that's what we see you know you see it on social media all the time it's a bunch of tough guys it's guys writing in caps and you know do it and be hard and and you're, you know, it, it's it's motivational speaking with with teeth. That's all it is. It's I'm in a shit state. You're in a shit state because the people teaching that are in a shit state. And let's get through it by yelling and screaming in capital letters and selfies and pictures and tough guy stuff. Very few are actually tough guys. The ones that are doing what they say. They don't need that stuff. They don't have to show you anything because they're doing the work. So we look for tools. We're looking for tools all the time. And really the only tool that's available, the real tool, is what I would call the inner alchemy. It's, you know, alchemy was one of those things back in the day where you see it in a bunch of spiritual texts and alchemical stuff from back when esoteric let's say groups were very popular and it was always uh, put as turning metal into gold some people believe there's no mental component to it no spiritual component however you want to define that but there's nothing to it besides a bunch of guys that were trying to turn metal into gold for the kings or whoever back then in history. But there's a deeper meaning to it, which is the mental alchemy, the inner alchemy, the alchemy of choice. You can see this in things like the Kabbalion. It's a book written by a group called the Three Initiates. And it's not easy to understand if you just started off and back probably three years ago when I really was getting into this stuff and I was getting into it because I was sick of being miserable and I did all the self-help, I did all the psychology, all the, you know, whatever that stuff is online now, all that man self-help crap that they have on social media and the bottom line is it didn't really fix anything. It just kind of put it, band-aid on it, made it better. It gave you a little concept, a little frame you could stick in and hope that it would work out. But there's a reason why that training says don't lose your frame. Because if you lose your frame, then the wheels fall off. Well, why would you want to be involved in something where all that has to happen is the wheels fall off and you're stuck in 
nothing. You know, you have nothing. I don't want to be in that position. I want to be in a position where I don't give a shit if the wheels fall off, blow off, come off. I don't care. Everything's fine. And that takes a certain context. It takes a certain perspective on life. And that's what alchemy is. So this is going to end up being a two-part podcast because the it, it, this is a this is a pretty in-depth discipline and it's one where once you figure it out once you understand what they're trying to say in these books and you start putting it into your own life it really does change everything because i've said this a bunch of times but the main problem that we have in life is that we don't know that we have choices we wake up we stub our toe, we're pissed. We go to our phones, we see a good email or text, we're happy. We walk outside and the weather's not what we want, we're pissed. We go to work and the boss gives us a raise, we're happy. We just go up and down in our environment and whatever our environment throws at us, whatever life or the world or whatever throws at us, we are at the whim of that, which is a perfect definition of no control. And, you know, it's like a boat in the ocean just being thrown around by everything that's there. So that's the main problem. That's the, that's the number one issue in society is that we are at the whim of every feeling, every emotion, and every external substance, every piece of our environment. The other day I was out some store and I had to circle the store to find a spot. And on one corner, the workers were complaining about the job. On the other corner, the workers were complaining about the job, chain smoking, you know, doing everything wrong. And there was a few there that you could tell maybe didn't feel the same way, but they were still going along with it because what else do they do? Everyone's bitching all the time. Things should be better. I've got kids, family, this and that, all this crap. But it's all the same. People reacting to their environments. You know, Osho said in one of his books that nobody has any direct thoughts anymore. A thought, a feeling that comes directly from you. If I was standing in that group with those people and someone was bitching, maybe I'd look like an asshole, but I wouldn't be responding. I'd probably look at him and, and just kind of, you know, shrug like, I, what do you want from me? You want me to bitch with you? This comes back to choice. This comes back to the alchemy, the mental alchemy, the mental planes, whatever you want to call them, where in that case, for an example, if you are in a position like that, you have a choice. You follow the herd and you respond the same way, which means physiologically your body, everything is going to react to it because you're getting pissed off and you're getting amped up or you don't and you go, oh, observation awareness like I always say you observe and say man these people are miserable I'm not really miserable and even if I am I don't want to continue to be 
So I'm going to make the choice to not go with these people. So I'm not going to answer. I'm not going to. And if I interact, yeah, you give him a few yes and and all that. But it doesn't mean anything. You don't attach to it. That's the thing. So you have to be able to be aware, observe, and make the choice. It's all about choice. And you have a lot more choice than you think. And I've had many people tell me that you... You know, you need this, you need that in life. You're in this material world, especially like in the U.S. And there's certain things that you can't, you know, there's certain things that you have to do. You go into work, your boss comes up to you wanting to shoot the shit, but you don't care about him at all and he's an idiot. You don't have to, you have a choice there. You don't have to be an asshole, but you do have a choice. And the choice is not attaching, being polite, which really could just be, actually, I don't like that word polite. It would be professional. But you don't have to connect to it. There is a choice in literally every situation, even if you don't think there is. So here's a few, uh, it's like a big quote that I highlighted from the Kabbalion and it says, They discovered that there were two general planes of consciousness, the lower and the higher, the understanding of which fact enabled them to rise to the higher plane and thus escape the swing of the rhythmic pendulum which manifested on the lower plane. In other words, the swing of the pendulum occurred on the unconscious plane and the consciousness was not affected. They call... This they call the law of neutralization. Its operations consist in raising above the vibrations of the unconscious plane of mental activity so that the negative swing of the pendulum is not manifested in consciousness and therefore they are not affected. So if you were to break that down into simpler terms, what he's saying is you observe the problem You see the problem, you own it, you accept it, and you're mentally putting yourself in a place where you're not affected by it. You don't care. So the first question is going to be, well, how? How do you do that? Well, the fact that we can think about thinking, the fact that we can think ourselves into disease and, you know, one second we're happy, one second we're not. We have the power to do that in the way you do that is by observing, seeing what it is, being aware of the problem, and then literally sitting back and just saying, well, I'm not reacting to this. I'm not going to be thrown around by this. And I'm just going to sit here until it goes away or until I figure it out. I mean, that's kind of what meditation is in some ways. It's not the full definition but it you know meditation is sitting with something and not judging it just letting it go oh there it is yep okay cool hang out as long as you want so when I read that which was like three years ago I was um I read it and then I bought the audiobook 
I mean, the book is like a dollar. The audio book's like $2. I mean, it's on Amazon, but... And I listened to it in the car over and over. It was a really shitty time in my life. And I was doing a lot of driving. And over and over, I listened to that. And I kept having this feeling of, you know... It doesn't matter what you think about this stuff. You hear that. You hear consciousness. You hear this. You hear that. And it's, it's you know, woo-woo and this is stupid and whatever. But what they're saying and the point that you need to get out of it is this stuff does exist. There are people out there that do this and can do this. And... I do this daily. You know, I I have stressors, anxieties like anybody would. But when they hit, they have to go through a screening process. That's the easiest way to put it. You know, you have to be careful. You You don't want to, you know, what do they call it? This is a lot of what you see in kind of the red pill community where it's death by analysis, you know, it's why did this person do that? Why did this person do that? I saw like a tweet thread once where some guy went out with a girl. I guess it didn't go the way that he wanted. And he wrote 600 tweets on essentially his theory on why that happened. Okay, that's not going to help you. You can write down something to kind of Put your thoughts in order, but it turns into a mental justification because the master, you know, the serious person, which is what everybody's trying to be, would look at that situation and say, well, it went the way it went. I'll take a look at it. I'll observe it for a minute, but they forget about it. They drop it. There is just no point to intellectually go past a certain point so that's what they're saying is they observe this activity they raise themselves quote unquote above it which is just observing up there's the problem i feel it let me sit back for a second let me look at it okay this is coming up because when i was two something happened to me okay and you're just breaking it down to its parts and then when it hits the last part which would be yeah this came from my past Uh, I had a bad upbringing let's say and I get hit with this when I go to let's say family gatherings and right there that's it you've acknowledged it it's there and you drop it the reaction from that which would be I'm pissed off I shouldn't come to these family gatherings what's their problem why did that happen to me that's what gets you in trouble The second you realize what it is from observing it is the second it goes down that path and then right when you hit that wall of, oh, this is happening because of this, drop. That's it. It gets dropped right there because there's nothing more that's going to come from it besides reactive drama and emotional attachments that's all it is this shouldn't happen to me why this happen things are supposed to be easier you're fighting against the tide it's not going to do anything so eventually you hit a point where observation becomes so good and so quick that anything that enters 
has to go through a screening process and they usually don't pass. You know, I did something, I had to do something this morning, not my favorite thing to do, just kind of a normal, you know, life thing when you own things and whatever in the U.S. and the Western world. And most of the time, to give you an example, I was in the middle of doing this thing, I was driving to do this thing, and I was getting those pings. You know, I'm not immune to it. I I have studied the mind and spirituality in the East and the West and philosophy uh, more than most people, but it doesn't make you immune to it. But what it does make you immune to is the reaction from it. So I'm driving in the car and I'm getting pinged and I call it pinged, you know, just the thoughts. The stuff comes up. They don't feel great. And every time they did, it was just put a flashlight on them. Oh, okay, yeah, that's there because one time I did this and it pissed me off. Okay, boom, done, dropped. It's gone. It's already over. Next one. Okay. Yep, okay, that, yep, boop, gone. You know, and really, to be to be honest with you guys, I started doing that way before I took this route, way before this path. But I was doing it in a place more in a you know, almost like a tactical reference where I didn't have time for any extra baggage. So things would hit and, and I, I would essentially stuff them down because I didn't have time for them. It helped, you know, especially in the jobs, but now it's, I want to fully feel all of it and I'm going to stare at it and then it's going to go away. That's how it always happens. So that's what they're saying. That's the inner alchemy. That's the that's the the mental you know planes as they call them. So I'll go back to that quote. He says this is akin he's talking about observing and getting above it. It is akin to rising above a thing and letting it pass beneath you. So picture observing and letting it go by. The hermetic master or advanced student polarizes himself at the desired pole and by a process akin to refusing to participate in the backward swing or if you prefer a denial of its influence over him. That's important. I'm going to read that again. A denial of its influence over him. He stands firm in his polarized position and allows this mental pendulum to swing back along the unconscious plane. All individuals who have attained any degree of self-mastery accomplish this more or less unknowingly and by refusing to allow their moods and negative mental states to affect them. They apply the law of neutralization. The master, however, carries this to a much higher degree of proficiency and by the use of his will, he attains a degree of poise and mental firmness almost impossible of belief on the part of those who allow themselves to be swung backward and forward by the mental pendulum of moods and feelings. I mean, I could end the podcast, shut down Twitter, all that right now after reading that. 
I mean, that's it. That's the ancient teachings. That's the mystery schools. That's everything right there. What they're telling you is it is possible to be in a place where you are not at the whim of these moods and of these backs and forths and all these things. You're not at the whim of it. And there's a few things I want to repeat. By refusing to allow their moods and negative mental states to affect them. So this allows the mental pendulum to swing back along the unconscious plane. This is really in a lot of, oh, in another one, a denial of its influence over him. That's probably the best worded way. Because it doesn't come off as suppressing it. You just basically, in quotes, deny the influence. You're not denying what happens. You're not denying the feeling. You're denying the power that it's trying to have over you. So this is really another version. This this is an active meditation. Because if you're meditating, and I don't meditate because in my opinion, I meditate 24-7. I look, I observe, boom, okay, what's that telling me? Got it, next. I don't, I don't mess with that stuff. I sit, observe, got it, next thing. And I don't allow these things to influence my day or my behavior. It doesn't mean that they don't hit. It doesn't mean they don't get, you know, bounced off the armor, but... And they will pop up, but they should not have an influence. So to end this, if you were to say, well, how, how, how do I do that? The first step is observing. You have to put yourself in a position where you could see these things, where you know these things, and you can watch them. It is literally a space between you quote unquote and your mind and your thoughts and when you can create that that's when everything changes that's it that's when everything changes so if i'm sit walking around the house and something hits me mentally and oh man you know it's not a good one it's from the past it's from the day somebody sends a bad text message and it's bad i'll stop sit and i'll observe it What's going on? What's the deal? Okay. This, but the whole time I'm in the background, that awareness is in the background and I'm watching and I'm going, this is not going to affect me. Hit me in the gut. Give me that, you know, fight or flight feeling adrenaline. This is not going to ruin me. This is not going to ruin my day. And the last point that's funny is a lot of you guys read in that masculine stuff on there and that group of the internet and you know which i i just think you have to realize that they're they're searching for what these people are saying in the kabbalion but they're doing it in an egotistical way because they're trying to sell you a product and they want to be tough that's fine everybody's selling shit i'm gonna have a book coming out soon i'll be selling that but you have to realize that they are trying to say this but this is it you know the real master the real real self mastery is not chest out stand up it's chest out stand up confidence and what i would call 
real control over the thing that no one can control, which is mood, feelings, and reactions. There's a reason why these people online that claim to be this or that go back and forth with people that tweet against them in a bad way because they're at the whim of their ego. They're at the whim of their mind. You know, there's a there's a big difference between confidence and ego. I'm going to tell you. Ego comes from the mouth and confidence comes from doing the work. So start observing, start seeing things for what they are and start making a better choice that works out for you. Because in that way you can escape that momentum of that mental pendulum that just swings back and forth. This episode of the Painted Target Podcast was brought to you by Awareness Integrations. Only you care about your problems. The Painted Target is also sponsored by Grave Delay Athletics, apparel that says I'm going to live well and cheat death. <laughs>